0: Thank you, guys. If you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5. And last Sunday morning, we looked at the first five verses of this passage, and we continue on this morning. Now, let me just encourage you to pick up a copy of our newsletter. Um, I've given um, in my article in the newsletter this week uh, just a statement on the gay marriage issue and the Supreme Court decision and, and uh, I think it's important for us as believers um, to to hold to the Bible uh, it really doesn't matter what my opinion is or what your opinion is what matters is God's opinion. and But there's a lot of confusion about that. And there's a lot of twisting and turning and trying to um, make the Bible say things that that are a little more palatable to, to some. And uh, that is simply not something that we're permitted. Um, that is not something that, that we've been given an option to do. And so... Um, I'll Really go into this more in there, and I won't, I'll just mention it this morning. But you know, the, the argument is often made: well, Jesus never said that homosexuality was wrong, therefore. And to that, and I refer to it in the article. But Matthew chapter 19, the Lord Jesus speaks pretty plainly and clearly about what marriage is. And so, what I would suggest to you is that I have no right. No legal right to something that does not exist. I can file a lawsuit and uh, and say, Billy, that I, I feel like I'm being left out and I want to have my part of, let's just say for an example, the cheese that everybody enjoys. I mean, you got your cheese, right? Some of you got some American cheese. Some of you got cheddar, pepper jack, munster, Limburger. But I decide I want to I want my share of moon cheese. Because everybody knows the moon is made out of cheese. So I file a lawsuit. And that judge says, Yes, you're right. You do deserve to have your share. and We've calculated it out. You, you, you're going to get a 15-pound a block of that moon cheese. Well, that's fine, and we can get, you know, probably could find a judge to rule in my favor on that somewhere. But the moon isn't made of cheese. And for me to, to ask for something that does not exist... And for that to be granted is absolutely no. That is not right. And marriage is what God created it to be. Jesus said that it is for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united, will cleave, will cling unto his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. And it is a reflection of the image of God expressed in male and female And while Facebook may offer you 61 different gender and sexual identity uh, identifications, God created them male and female. So, I'm not going to preach about that this morning. Except just to say. uh, But I, I am going to, you know, this does address the issue. So, we're going to move on into the text and... And look at, at what we have from the Bible this morning. Because like I said, it doesn't matter what I think. You can take my opinion and throw it out. But take God's Word. Take what the Bible says and hear it and obey it and believe it. Because it's, it's truth. Thy Word is truth. And uh, it is settled. You don't have to, to wonder and guess. You know, the skeptics and the doubters and the unbelievers have tried to tear down the Word of God since day one. And so, here we go. Ephesians chapter 5, and let's begin reading in verse 6. If you found your place, would you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's holy word? Ephesians 5 and 6, Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore... Partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Let's pray together. Father, we are grateful this morning for your word. And Lord, we're grateful for Your grace. Father, without Your Word and without the grace of God, Lord, where would we be this morning? And so, Father, rather than look down at anybody else, rather than criticize or complain or, or gripe about this group or that one, God, help us to be mindful this morning of the blessing of forgiveness of our sin and the blessing of grace that You've poured into us, God. And Lord, that same grace that that we have received is exactly what others need today. Lord, to set them free. And Father, we're not perfect. Lord, we know that full well. But Father, we are forgiven and we thank You for that. Lord, I pray You'd give us a great love and a great compassion for those who don't know You, those who don't have the truth. And Lord, I pray You'd give us a desire and a hunger to share that with others. Lord, not to judge, not to condemn, not to... To, to look down on But God to, to love them And so Father I pray That you'll bless this morning As we look to your word together And you'll speak to our hearts and our minds And Lord that you'll help us to humble ourselves Because that's the only way You're going to hear us from heaven Lord That's the only way that we're going to Receive the needed answer God So we, we cry out to you this morning Lord with desperation Lord we cry out to you And we plead with you God To move and to work and to bless and, Lord, to do what only You can do. And so, Father, we we trust You and we thank You. We praise You. Now, Lord, bless this moment as we look to Your Word together. We praise You in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, Paul writes to us here, and the first thing he says in this part of the passage is to let no man deceive you. Let no one lead you astray. And he says here that, that literally stop letting people lead you and keep you from the truth. That's exactly what he's saying. And so uh, we need to understand that uh, the flow here in the passage, notice verse 5. He has, he has just addressed the, the problem of those who will not enter into the kingdom of Of Christ and of God. He says, This ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And so, folks, um, the Bible is laying down for us here the the truth that, um, that when we choose to turn away from God and we choose to reject God, what is going to happen is that we're going to, to go further and further and further. You know, it's a path. And we're going to continue on that path. Uh, the longer we continue, the worse it's going to get. And, and so, um, we just need to understand, these people, they have no part in the inheritance of the kingdom. Now you say, boy, that's kind of, that's kind of harsh. Well, hang on, hang on. Uh, Because there's some good stuff here. There's some really good stuff here. But Paul says, uh, let no man deceive you with vain words. That word is empty. Empty words. Empty arguments. The words they use are meaningless because they're based on a lie. You remember in the garden, Satan said to Eve, surely you will not die. Surely you will not die. But God said... The wages of sin is death. And folks, we're doing ourselves no favors by, by beating around the bush here and by ignoring the truth. You know, if, if, if you go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, you've got two problems. You've got this little skin problem that I can give you a topical ointment and it'll help you with that. But... The other problem is you've got this cancer growing inside of you, and I'll prescribe a course of treatment for that. But it's, you know, it's, it's really serious. This is really, really serious. It's really, it's really bad. And you say, oh well, just give me the ointment, doc. Never mind about the other. Let me get this skin cleared up. I'm not too worried about this other thing. Well, I think we would all say, and that's foolish. That's foolishness. Why would anybody do that? Well, that's what we do when we ignore the truth of God's Word. Folks, we need to have the truth. And some people want to say, well, uh, we can't speak the truth because uh, we're going to be perceived as unloving. We're going to be perceived as as uh, you know, homophobic or whatever, bigots or whatever. And there's always that possibility yes but we're to speak the truth in love we're to we're to love people and we love people i mean we love people right we're not here because we hate somebody paul says our struggle is not against flesh and blood we're not fighting against people but it's against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places we have enemies yes but people are not our enemies We're to love people. We're to love lost people. Well, we're just not to listen to their arguments. We're not to listen to their words. We're not to to take in the things that they're saying because it's based on something that is, well, I was born this way. I was born in this sin. And therefore, I don't have a choice. Well, folks, I think we have choices in life. And granted, there there are some things that May condition certain peoples into certain behaviors. There's certain things that may influence and push them in a certain direction. Absolutely. You know, I've I've known I grew up with some guys that you know were not real manly, you know, in the way they spoke or 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 the way they acted. But yet they were just normal guys. I've grown up with girls who were just tomboys and. Rough and tumble, and you know, just you know, yet they were still girls. You know, um, look when when we talk about um, these issues, we want to we want to go to the Word of God to get our our understanding. And uh, so, um, notice what the Bible says here because this is this is important. Um, he says, "For because of these things, what things? Well, the the sin." That he's just talked about in in the previous verses, verses four and five, he says, um, "Because of these things, verse six, cometh the wrath of God upon the children, the sons of disobedience." And so we know that the the wrath of God is coming. There will come a time when God will judge the world. Acts 17, verses 30 and 31 says, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because He hath appointed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness by that man man whom He hath ordained, whereof He hath given assurance unto all men, in that He hath raised Him from the dead. The Lord Jesus Christ will one day judge all men. He will be the judge of all. And then, uh, just turn over for a moment to Romans chapter 1. We're not going to spend a, a lot of time there, but I want you to see it. Romans chapter 1. And notice verse 18. Romans chapter 1 verse 18 says, For the wrath of God, there it is again, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness "...was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things." And then notice, "...wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator." And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, Covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Folks, that's the Word of God. That's not my word. That's not my opinion. That's God's Word. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, all unrighteousness. It's not one particular brand of sin or one particular form of sin that God is going to one day call to account. He's going to deal with every person. And when you stand before God, here's what's going to happen. Either the Lord Jesus will step forward and say, Father, he is one of mine. She is one of mine. And their sins have been paid for at Calvary, They've been washed away. It won't be anything about how good I am or how good Brian is or any one of us is. It's all about how good Jesus is. Or you'll stand before God and you will be called to give an account for every sin that you've committed in your life. Every sin. Well, that's a that's a thought that's almost it's unbelievable. It's hard to it's hard to imagine. It's hard to get a hold of, but God has appointed a day. You know, today we have the the uh, the gay movement has adopted the the rainbow as their symbol. So you see the rainbow flag. You see the rainbow here and there and everywhere. And you know the rainbow is God's bow that He put in the clouds. You know, following the the great flood which flooded the entire earth destroyed all mankind except for Noah and his family, destroyed all the animals except for those on the ark. And uh, God put His rainbow in the cloud and He said, this is My sign, a covenant that I'm making with you that I will never again do this. I will never again send the waters to flood across the entire earth, the, the entire planet. And it has not happened again. And it will not happen again. And some people say, that oh, well, that wasn't a universal flood back then. That was just a limited area flood. Well, that's happened many times in many places all around the world. If that's true, then God's Word is not true whatsoever. Now, this was a universal flood. It covered the whole earth. And God, when He was finished, said, I'll never do that again. But in 1 Peter chapter 3, it says that the next judgment that's coming is not a judgment of water. It's a judgment of fire. And it is coming. Folks, the day is coming. You say, well, well it, everything's been going on like, like this for so long, and, and my father and their father, and, and going back and back and back, and nothing's happened, nothing's changed. Where's this judgment you're talking about? Where's this return of Jesus you're talking about? Folks, a thousand years is like a, a day to the Lord, and a day like a thousand years. He doesn't look at time like we do. But in His time and at the right time, whenever it is time, He will come again. There will be a day when God will call all men, all people everywhere to account for their sins and will judge them, will hold them accountable, hold them responsible. And if He did not, He would not be a holy God. He would not be a righteous God. He would not be a just God. But folks, the good news is that Christ has already taken our place. He's already taken our judgment. He's already placed Himself on the altar, poured out His life, gave gave Himself for us so that we could be saved, we could be forgiven. Well, notice what, back in Ephesians chapter 5. Y'all need to listen faster because i got lots of ground to cover here. Ephesians 5, notice verse 7. Paul says to believers, he says, Be not ye therefore Partakers. That word means partners. Don't be partners with them in this. If they're going to, if they're going to choose to follow something that is a is a lie, don't be partner with them. You know the Bible speaks that as believers we're not to be unequally yoked with lost people. In marriage, young person, you're not to marry a, a lost person. If you're saved to marry a lost person, is to place yourself in in yoke with someone who is not. Equal and it's going to create problems. And I promise you, there are people sitting right here around you today who could give you testimony about that. Well, um, we're not to be yoked with a business partner who is not a believer. If you're a believer, well, that's just something that should not be. But we're not to be partners with these people who take the truth and twist it and make their arguments from a lie. He says, don't be partakers with him. Notice verse 8. Now, this is good. For ye were sometimes, or at one time, you were darkness. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. It doesn't say that used to, Bob, Mike, or Matthew was living in the dark. It doesn't say living in the dark. It says at one time, you were darkness. What is darkness anyway? Okay, there's several answers here, but you know a very simple answer is it's the absence of light. And that's where a lot of people are today. They, it's not that they just live in the, in the dark, but they are dark. They are darkness. Himself. And the Bible says that's how we used to be. That's how Wendell used to be. That's how Tim used to be. That's how we all used to be. We were darkness. Because we didn't have the light. Now, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness. But, oh, folks. What we need to understand is that apart from Jesus Christ, man, I'm just as bad or worse Than anybody out there. Before I start pointing my finger at this one or that one or somebody else, I need to remember man, when God saved me, He saved a a terrible sinner. And it wasn't because of me, it wasn't anything that I did, it wasn't because I was anything. I was nothing. I am nothing. But God saved me because He loved me. Why? I don't know, except that that's who He is, that's what He does. That's his character. That's his person. He loves. That's what he does. And he loved me, chose me, chose you to be the recipient of his love. Why? I don't know that there's a good answer on this side of, of eternity. I just know it's true and it's real and it's powerful. And I'm thankful for it because if it were not for that, I don't even want to think about where my life could be. Well,. So Paul says, don't be partners with these folks. You were at one time darkness, but now are ye light. He didn't say you're you're living in the light, you're walking in the light. We use that sometimes and other scriptures use that term. But he says you're light. You are light. Audrey is light. Everywhere you are is light. Light is in you because the presence of God is in you. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. Well, here's an amazing truth that wherever Jim goes, wherever Miss Canto goes, there is light. Not because they're such great persons, but it's going back to that moon again. You look, did you look up last night and see the light of the moon? I told Susie we were driving home after shooting off a bunch of fireworks trying to blow up natural damn mountain, you know, and, and uh, uh, we were driving back home and I said, that moon looks like somebody just threw it into the wall and it's just kind of partially stuck in there and you can only see part of it because it's... Anyway, it had to be there I guess. But anyway, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. But guess what? The backside of that moon is what? Dark. Why? There's no light there. The moon, all the moon does is, is it sits up there in space. It hangs in the place that God put it. And all it does is it reflects the light of the sun. That's all it does. It does not have any light of its own. And folks, that's us. That moon is a beautiful picture of, of us because without Jesus, we're, just, we're dead men. We're dead women. We are dead people. We have no life inside of us. We've got nothing to shine out. We've got nothing to help anybody else. How can we go to Memphis and help anybody if we don't have the light of Jesus inside of us? But because you have Jesus, Dusty, man, then suddenly everything's changed. Why? Because Christ is now inside of us. We're not just reflecting His light, but we're emanating His light because He is here. Now, look at this carefully. And I don't want you to, to to miss a couple things here. He says to us, "Ye are light in the in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light." And I know that there's parts of our culture. You know, you see young people, and man, they'll be dressed in black, head to toe, black hair, black fingernails, black eyeshadow, black, you know, everything's black. I'm not commenting on your apparel uh, for today, okay? But if you are a child of light, if you are experiencing the light living within you, shining out of you, emanating from you, it's not you, but it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, then walk in the light. Live in the light. Pour out the light. Let the light shine. Don't hide your light under a bushel. Isn't that what we used to sing in a little song? Oh, listen. Let your light shine before men. Let them see that it is your Father in you, and He's doing something that's unique and it's special and it's powerful and it's amazing because He can also do it in them. If He can do it in you, He can do it in them. Oh, listen, this is this is good stuff. Now He says, Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit, and literally you could translate this for the fruit of the of the light. Okay, the fruit of the light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And all that's saying is that if you're saved, you're going to have some saved fruit hanging on the branches of your tree. Okay? Matthew chapter 7. By their fruits shall you know them. And if you see a bunch of lost fruit hanging on the limbs of your tree, you need to be checking up, saying, what's wrong with this? What's happening here? This isn't right. I've got sin everywhere I look in my life. What's going on? If I'm saved, why is that... Why is that there? But if you're saved, you're going to have saved fruit hanging from the branches of your life. That's the evidence. That's the fruit. That's what God's doing in you. It's not just about, oh, I turned over a new leaf. I found the Lord and I turned over. No, it's about Christ inside of us. And when Christ is inside, he doesn't stay inside, he comes out. And how does he come out? He comes out in goodness and in righteousness and in truth. He comes out He expresses Himself. Well, all that He is. Notice verse 10. It says, Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. That fruit just proves what God desires and what God requires in us as believers. I mean, look. You know, I know Baptists have kind of a reputation. You know, well, you get two Baptists together, you got three opinions. And, you know, and you can't... Get Baptists together without having a fuss and argument and all that. No, you know what? I believe that, that when the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the light is working at work in us, man, we're going to be loving and we're going to be gentle and we're going to be kind. We're going to be gracious. I mean, even if I don't agree with you all the time, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to be kind to you. I'm going to be gracious to you. Now, I say I. The Lord's going to have to help me, okay? Because I can't do that on my own. But boy, that's what happens when, when we get saved, when you come out of the darkness, when you become uh, light instead of, become, of being dark. Man, amazing things happen. The old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. It's a, it's a great thing. Well, the Lord's just telling us here be who you are, be the light. If you claim to have the light of Jesus, if you claim to be saved, if you claim to be a Christian, then be that. Do that. Become what God wants you to be. Quit trying to look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, experience all that the world has to offer. Instead, embrace who you are in Jesus Christ and know that He has every answer. He has everything that you need. Well, we're to walk as children of light. But then notice verse 11. He says, "...and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness." It's interesting to me how the world is constantly seeking to push the envelope. Seeking to go further into sin. I mean, all you got to do is take one of these Disney stars who started out as a sweet, lovable, little pop superstar girl, you know. And everybody was all excited about, you know, Miley Cyrus or whoever it is. But then you see a progression. You see a progression as they go further in the world and further in the flesh. And it becomes more and more given over to the flesh. And it's how far can we go? How far can we push this? And the tone becomes angrier and harsher. And, and I look in the faces of those people. And I think, are you even happy at all? Because you're filling your life with all this stuff. And the Bible says, have no fellowship with it. Don't even have any part with it. Don't associate with it, but rather reprove them. Verse 12, For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Don't even talk about it. Don't even... But instead, reprove it. And literally, I think what that's saying, it's not saying put your finger in their face and tell them how nasty and dirty they are. Call them names. I don't think it's saying that at all. I think what it's saying is be the light in their life. Because what happens when light comes into a dark room? Man, the darkness flees faster than you can say scat. The darkness is gone. Now, some of the evidences of that darkness may still be lingering. You ever walk into a house where they're infested with cockroaches? Or maybe you've had an infestation. I mean, we've had a couple times when they got started in our house. And man, we battled and battled and battled to get rid of them. But I'm going to tell you, you turn on that light switch, and what happens? Man, they don't like the light. They don't like the light. They're going to be hunting a hole. They're hiding. They're, they're moving so fast and... and uh, Well, that's exactly the the same thing that we find with men. The Bible says that men love darkness because their deeds are evil. And the darkness cloaks and hides their deeds. They love the darkness. And folks, you don't have to go in there and convince them. You don't have to go in there and argue with them. You don't have to go. But you just have to be who you are in Jesus Christ. And your presence. I I, I mean, this is, you know... I was reading the story of a Catholic priest this past week who happened across, just walking through New York City, and he happened across a gay pride parade. And he was just standing there, just watching as it went by, and two men in the parade spat on him as they walked by. Well, sometimes your presence will bring a very negative reaction. But that goes back to Romans chapter 1 that God has given them over to a reprobate mind. But folks, there's still hope for people. There's still hope for people. You say, well, you know what, what, can, what can change a person like that? Only the power of God, only the grace of Jesus Christ can change a person like that. That's the only way that can happen. But that's the only way that you can happen either. They're sinners just like we are. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And we're going to close from there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And just notice what Paul says to us here. In verse 9. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9. He says to us, Know ye not... Now this sounds kind of familiar to us. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Gives us a whole other list of people who won't be there in heaven one day. And he goes through every kind of sin, every kind of sexual sin. It's not about one kind of sexual sin. It's every kind. It's your kind. You know, one of the words we looked at last week, uh, one of the words there was the word pornaya, from which we get our word pornography. And some of some of the, the people of God who have been saved are still walking in darkness when they peer into that mess. Folks. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather expose them. Get rid of them. Get them out of your life. That is clear from Scripture. We should not have any part with that. Because, notice this, verse 11. And such were some of you, past tense, He said, look, some of you were homosexuals. Some of you were abusers of yourselves with mankind. Some of you were extortioners. Some of you were drunks. Some of you were these kinds of people. But then he says, but ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And thank God Thank God that He saves people and sets them free. And today, you and I, if you're saved, you've been born again, you've been set free from some things. Don't go back into that bondage. Don't allow the enemy to take that ground from you that Christ has bought, that Christ has won at the cross. And then there's one final word I want to give you. And Paul says these words, and I'm back in Ephesians 5, I'm sorry, I lied. He says, wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. I read commentators on this, and some of them, well, this is talking to Christian people who have gotten off into sin. I believe it's talking to lost people. Awake, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. Because that's what happens when we come to Jesus. We are raised to walk in a newness of life. Thank his holy name. Praise his name. So folks, where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. And the grace of Jesus Christ is available to you. God loves you. You say, Well, preacher, you've already kind of offended me. I've got a family member, or I've got, you know, I've got some uh you know, feelings myself that I'm not sure how to deal with or you know how to handle. Well, I'm going to tell you, God loves you and God wants to set you free. And I'll be honest with you, when you get into areas of sexual sin, it is a difficult issue to deal with. Any kind of sexual sin can be very, very difficult because of the bondage that it brings. You find your. Why do you think it says, you know, in marriage, two shall become one. One of the one of the parts of that is the physical. It's the sexual, and it's a wonderful part of it. It's a great thing. It's God's gift to us. It's a blessing. But oh, I'm going to tell you, when you get outside of the lines of what God has said in His Word, it doesn't matter what kind of sexual sin it is. But when you get outside of the lines of what God has said, this is right. And anything outside of this is wrong, I'm going to tell you, you're going to experience God's judgment at some point. If you're a believer, God will deal with you as a child, as a son. He will discipline you. He will correct you until either you repent or He will take you home. If you're Now, He doesn't spank the devil's kids, okay? If you're not a child of God, then God will not discipline you as a son, but He will speak to your heart and say to you, you need Christ, you need to be saved. You need to be set free. And so this morning, if there's things in your life that shouldn't be, I don't don't want you to despair and I don't want you to think, oh, nobody loves me. Man, God loves you so much. So very much. And the other part of it is that in these pews, there are people sitting here this morning who have felt what you feel. There's people in this room who, who understand where you're at. And your confusion or your hurt, whatever. And I want to encourage you to to know you're not alone. You're not alone. Let's bow our heads. Father, this morning we bow in your presence. Lord, we're thankful for your word. But Lord, we just know, God, we know that's nothing about us, Lord. It's not about our righteousness, it's not about our goodness. Lord, it's not about our truth because we don't have any of those things of our own. Lord, it's only You. Oh, Father, help us to humble ourselves. As believers, Lord Jesus, help us to humble ourselves and cry out to You. Hear us from heaven, Lord. Touch our generation. Change us, God. Do a work. Father, I pray for every person here. Lord, I pray for believers who have been caught up in, in partnership with those who, who are who just turned away from You. Lord, I pray You'd give us grace today to sever those bonds. Father, I pray You'd give us strength, Lord, that we don't have, that we can't do on our own, Lord. But give us grace and strength and courage to say, Lord Jesus... You've saved me, and I will walk in the light by Your grace. God, give us grace to confess our sin, to humble ourselves, to to seek Your face, Lord, to turn from those things. And Father, if there's anyone here today who doesn't have a relationship with You, who's not yet saved, I pray You'd give them grace, give them courage to say yes to You today. And Lord, maybe there's someone who has been saved but hasn't yet followed the Lord Jesus in baptism. Lord, I pray you give them grace to come and ask for baptism, to let others know that they've been saved. So Father, we thank You so much. We ask that You'll be lifted up in this moment, that all be drawn to You.